What's up and welcome to a bonus episode of Difficulty Class. Ooh, bonus. Cool. <laughs> Mysterious. Um, we wanted to do a bonus episode because um, talking about the Unearthed Arcana that came out after we recorded last week's episode, uh, we didn't really want to fit into the next one. Uh, so we wanted to just have our own little special bonus episode. Yeah. I guess we could say, because it's going to be announced by then, our next episode is going to be recorded with Puffin Forest. Yeah. So if you have any questions about uh, what he does or himself, uh, you can send those in to difficultyclass <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah. But uh, right now, let's talk about Unearth Arcana. We finally got our three other subclasses. Yeah, I'm so excited. I mean, like... Just the concept that there's, how many was it now? 12, 12. new subclasses mm -hmm. that they released in a matter of, it feels like not even two months. Yeah, no, it's been so fast <laughs> and I love it. Mm -hmm. So like, as a quick recap, we've got Way of the Astral Self, Path of the Wild Soul, which are the monk and the barbarians. Yeah, I've, oh my god, that monk is so cool. The Lurker in the Deep, the Aberrant Mind, which is the Warlock and the uh, Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Uh, the Oath of Heroism, which is the paladin. Mm -hmm. uh, College of Eloquence, which is the bard that is a bard. Mm -hmm. uh, Onomancy, the wizard of true names, essentially. Uh, Circle of Wildfire, the druid who is a support evocation wizard. Mm -hmm. Twilight Domain, which is the cleric that keeps people being afraid from the dark. <laughs> uh, I'm your little nightlight. <laughs> there's the revived rogue, the rune knight, and the swarm keeper, which all three of those we'll get to today. Yeah. So yeah, this got dropped on Thursday mm -hmm. while I was at work and went, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wizards, why can't you just figure out a schedule that works with us? God. <laughs> no, this, this is going to be good. This way we don't have an extra long episode. Yeah. Because um, we tend to gush about these things, whether we like them or not. We oh, yeah. go on. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, when Allie first started doing this, she's like, are you sure we're going to be able to fill that much time? I'm like, oh yeah, we talk. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> yeah, we, we do talk a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the three three classes, fighter, ranger, and rogue. Finally, the like what you said last time, like the three, you know. Like big martial classes that people tend to go yes, for. Yes, the big three for, uh, for that, and we finally got them. Uh, I have only read through the fighter one. And then, funny enough, I kind of half skipped the fighter one when I first read through it because it was a lot. It's a lot. There's a lot on there, but yeah. I read the other ones. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, two of those are going to be a surprise for me. One of them is going to be a little bit of a surprise for you. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, so I'm going to read the fighter. Uh, Allie is going to read the ranger and rogue. And uh, we're just going to give you our thoughts as we go through them because these are pretty interesting. Yeah. I've already heard something about the ranger, or is it the rogue that is basically whiz? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's get into this. The the fighter, they have a new martial archetype called the rune knight. I do kind of like that there's so many of them that are like knights, like eldritch knights, yeah, purple dragon knight. No, I really do like that because I mean, for a while it was kind of like more gladiator esque than mm -hmm. like actual, you know, what you think fighters that, are. That being said, though. I'm really surprised this isn't a barbarian's archetype. I know. But... Uh, I that it's super cool, but then the reason that I like that it's not a barbarian one and that it is fighter is because it really gives some like options to fighters. Mm -hmm. Like when you choose that class, now when you hit that third level, you have a lot of things. That, it's no longer just do I want to be a fighter or a fighter that uses magic. Do I want to be a support fighter or a hitting fighter? Yeah, it's like that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so now I think I think this is going to throw some good options in there. Yeah. So you discover how to enhance your martial powers uh, using the supernatural power of runes. And that is going to be the really big thing about this is etching runes in your armor. Yeah. I'm going to skip the block text because it, it's you're, you're a rune knight. You etch runes, and that is yeah. how you do Essentially, your power. Essentially, whether you found a giant themselves or the evidence of giants' runes, uh, you learned how to read mm -hmm. this, these runes themselves and uh, how to invoke their magic. Th this is one that I would really like if a player to take to put a lot of theming into their background because it would just be where it's like, I'm some dude from Waterdeep, and now I'm a rune knight. Yeah, no. It's like, oh, that's a little weird. This would be the perfect archetype, um, seriously, for Storm King's Thunder. Oh, yeah. Because it would be beautiful. Like, I mean, not really any spoilers. I mean, he's a 
character from Waterdeep, essentially. But if a character knew Harshnag beforehand mm-hmm. and, like, learned all this stuff from him, yeah. that would be such that a cool hook. Cool. That'd be really cool. <laughs> uh, so, bonus proficiencies. Third level Rune Knight feature. You gain proficiency with smith tools, and you learn to speak, read, and write giant, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, rune magic at third level. You learn how to use runes to enhance your gear. When you gain this feature, you learn uh, you learn how to inscribe two runes of your choice on weapons, armor, or shields. See rune options. Uh, whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch a number of objects equal to the number of runes you know, and you inscribe a different rune onto each of those objects. That's important to note. Yeah. It's two different. Right now, you only get two, but um. But they so you can't do. It's not like spell slots where it's like, oh, I can do two per day, so I'm gonna put two of the same on something. Yeah. Um. To be eligible, an object must be a weapon, a suit of armor, or a shield. That the suit of armor one, I'm curious on like that. That one just seems like a little too specific. So it's like, well, does. Does well, they leather have armor to, still work? They have to say that because someone would say, oh, the chest piece on the leather armor and then the leg piece for, or it's like, oh, and then the bracers for, like, of the leather armor. Oh, okay. So it's just like one and done. Yeah. It's like if you're wearing plate mail, you're not going to say the breastplate and then, like, the greaves. Okay. It's just going to be the plate mail. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, your rune remains on the object until you finish a long rest, and an object can bear only one of your runes. Each time you gain a level in this class, you uh, can replace one rune you know with a different one. So here are the rune options. This is the big bulk of the class. Yeah. Uh, here are the rune options for your rune magic feature. Rune, 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 rune. They, <laughs> they are all magical features. They, they, they don't say rune, 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 rune. Uh, if a rune requires a saving throw, your rune's uh, magic save DC equals 8 plus proficiency bonus plus intelligence modifier. Now, and that is the weirdest part. fascinating. Yes. That's the one part of this that I looked at and went, hmm. I kind of oddly wish it was wisdom. Yeah, I could see that one. Intelligence is really weird. Also because like... Like, as a fighter, if you're going to have a dumb stat, it's going to be intelligence over wisdom any day. Well, it's not just that, but it's like, okay, this is supposed to be, like, giant magic. Yeah. How many giants are, like, the super awesome intelligent ones? I would say two of them. Yeah. The Cloud and Storm are, uh, would probably be the intelligent, so to speak, places. Yeah. Um, and the fact that that these are themed by type of giant. Yeah. Like, well, the first rune we're getting into is a hill giant rune. It's like, so I got to use my intelligence with a hill giant? Well, let's see. Maybe the save might be on the cloud giant. That's true. That's true. No, that's fair. I didn't actually think about that in terms of, like, not every one of them is going to require that. It is still just kind of weird, especially since, like, the barbarian class, it was constitution. Yeah. It it was like, no, we understand you're a barbarian. Yeah. So this is how it is. So. It's a little odd on that. So I am not going to pronounce the name of these runes because I will totally butcher them. So I'm just going to go with what type of giant they are. So the hill giant rune. This rune's magic bestows a a reliance reminiscent of a hill giant. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on saving throws against being poisoned and you have resistance against poison damage. In addition, you can invoke uh, the rune as a bonus action, gaining resistance to bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage for one minute. Once you invoke the rune, you can't uh, you can can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Okay, so I mean, like, this is pretty much a once a day thing. This is your mage armor that you'd be casting as soon as you wake up, except it doesn't take up a spell slot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the because... neat thing is, is that it still has its first ability. Yeah. E- even after you use that. Oh, I know. Like, if you know you're going to be going into, like, some drow-infested stuff, it's like, oh, well, they're going to all use poison-tipped arrows. Yep. Let's do this rune. Yep. That one, I, I, I really do like that one. Yeah. Uh, the fire giant rune. Uh, Yield. This, <laughs> uh, this rune's magic channels the masterful craftsmanship of fire giant smiths. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, your proficiency bonus is doubled for any ability check uh, you make to use your proficiency to use your proficiency with a tool. That's pretty cool. In addition, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can invoke the rune to summon fiery shackles. The target must succeed a strength saving throw or be restrained for one minute. 
While restrained by the shackles, the target takes 2d6 fire damage at the start of each of its turns. The target can repeat the saving throw uh, at the end of each of its turns, banishing the shackles on a success. Once you invoke the rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Um, so I just had a thought. Yo. So it says, whenever you finish a long rest, you can touch a number of objects equal to the number of runes you know. And then I'm trying to find if of your choice on weapons, armor, or shields. Yeah. So you could totally put this on a rogue. Yeah. you can. That's the thing that I realized after finishing this. And what's so cool about this class, you can put them on other people's stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, hey, rogue, do you want to always unlock doors forever? <laughs> um, the thing that I'm curious about, though, is... Um, so it says, as an addition, you can invoke the rune as a bonus action. Does that mean that the fighter has to invoke it as a bonus action, or can the person that's wearing the rune invoke it as a bonus action? Well, it says, like this one specifically, it says, in addition, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, you can invoke the rune. Yeah. So I think it's whoever's wearing it or holding this <laughs> item mm -hmm. will be able to do that. Now, let's see. When it comes to your rune magic save DC equals that, is that like a static one to where... It would if, be the person that put it on there, personally. Yeah, like it would be the, the rune knights. Yeah. Uh, DC I, I I will say they don't really clarify that much on it, and I would like them to because yeah. this is a cool feature of this. That of would this be fighter. such a cool support fighter. But um, hey, there's a reason for that survey. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Frost Giant Rune. This rune's magic invokes the Frost Giant Stoic Calm. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on wisdom animal handling checks and charisma intimidation checks. Two very strange checks <laughs> next to each other. In addition, you can invoke the rune as a bonus action to increase your strength by uh, your strength score by two for ten minutes. Jesus. This increase can cause your score to exceed twenty, but not thirty. Because you know. Yep. Reasons. Ah, <laughs> uh, giants. Once you invoke the rune, you can't do so until you finish a short or long rest. Oh my god. After that, we have the cloud giant rune. This rune's magic emanates the deceptiveness of a cloud giant. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on dexterity, sleight of hand checks, and charisma deception checks. In addition, when you uh, when you or a creature you can see within 30 feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can use your reaction to invoke the rune and cause the attack to target a different creature within 30 feet of you, parentheses, other than the attacker, using, this, uh, using the same roll. This magic can transfer the attack regardless of the attack's range. Once you invoke the rune, you can you Holy can't do so until the end. Shit. Finish a short or long rest. Yeah. So, so even if you hit, so if somebody hits you with a melee, you're somebody can just go no, and that melee damage suddenly goes to someone else within thirty feet of them. And so it's like if someone, if your friend is twenty feet away from you, and they're kind of surrounded, mm -hmm. and the big bad, the big one of the group is sitting, coming in with a swing, right? You'd be like, no, yeah. <laughs> that attack. <laughs> oh my god, that that's a that's and pretty good. And the fact that there's like no save or anything, it just happens. It just has yeah. to beat their AC. That's what I'm really surprised about. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the stone giant rune. This rune's um, this rune's magic channels the insightfulness of a stone giant. While wearing or carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on wisdom insight checks, and you have dark vision out to 60 feet. If you already have dark vision, the range increases by 30 feet. Yay! <laughs> In addition, uh, when a creature you can see ends its turn within 30 feet of you, you can use your reaction to invoke the rune and force the creature to make a wisdom saving throw. Unless the save succeeds, the creature is charmed by you for one minute. While charmed in this way, the creature has a speed of zero and is incapacitated, uh, descending into a dreamy stupor. The effects end if the charmed creature takes any damage or if someone else uses an action to shake the creature out of its haze. Once you invoke this rune, you can't do so until you finish a short or long rest. So flavor-wise, I really like that. But again, I don't really like that it's your intelligence is mm -hmm. what the DC is based off of for that. Yep. Uh, storm rune. Using this rune, you can glimpse the future like a storm giant. While carrying an object inscribed with this rune, you have advantage on intelligence arcana checks, and you uh, can't be surprised as long as you are not incapacitated. Cool. Also, I really like the idea of you surprising someone incapacitated. <laughs> ha! Oh. Um, <laughs> in addition, uh, you can invoke the rune as a bonus action to enter a... What the prophetic, prophetic state for one minute. <laughs> yeah. Or until you're incapacitated. 
until the state ends. Whenever another, cre whenever you or another creature you, you can see within 60 feet of you makes an attack roll, saving throw, or an ability check, you can use your reaction to cause the roll to have advantage or disadvantage. Once you invoke this rune, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. That's essentially giving someone the ability to give someone uh, the DM inspiration It's pretty once much, per short rest. It, it almost functions like um, Pathfinder with uh, Misfortune and Fortune. Yeah. Um, just being able to like, be like, all right, you have disadvantage, you have advantage. Yeah, no, that's really pretty freaking cool. It's cool. Um, and at third level, that's really good, especially for once per day. Um, and oh we'll get, we'll get into the fighter will have more reason other than just hit dice to go to short rest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, also at third level, I cannot believe that there's this much stuff just at third level. Yeah. Giant might. You can imbue yourself with the might of giants. As a bonus action, you magically gain the following benefits, which last for one minute. By the way, this isn't just one of them. It's all three of these. Yep. If you are smaller than large, you become large, along with <laughs> anything you are wearing. If you lack the room to become large, your size doesn't change. That's right, all of you people that immediately went, I can break out of anything. No. Um, <laughs> you have advantage on strength checks and strength saving throws. Your weapon deals an extra 1d6 damage. Which uh, is lethal at third level. I'll yeah. just say that. <laughs> uh, when you use this, uh, you can use this feature twice and you regain all expended uses of it after you finish a long rest. I can dig that. That is... Pretty cool. Um, Flavor-wise, I don't understand how. Yeah, see, th that's kind of my thing with it, where I'm just like, the other ones are like softly giant themed, where it's like, oh, you, you know, you just know the ways of the like, giants. You know runes. You, you, you know understood how magic how they... works with runes. Yeah, you understand this. But also, you're a fucking giant now. <laughs> yeah, like I don't, I'm not entirely sure exactly how that fits in with the theme of it. I mean, like I understand it fits in with the theme because it's giant, but yeah. it's like giants and the ability to use magic through giant runes are very two different yeah, things. If, if this were a book and this were a character in it, I would immediately be saying that you're like, Ooh, the rest of this, the rest of this magic <laughs> system makes sense. What's going on here with Hulk man? Yeah. No, oh, Hulk. D &D. Um, <laughs> Oh my god, you actually could make this as like a Hulk character. <laughs> and then the runes and stuff is the smart Bruce Banner part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, defensive runes at level seven. You learn to invoke your runes, uh, your your rune magic to protect your allies. When another creature you can see within sixty feet of you is hit by an attack roll, you can uh, use your reaction to grant a bonus to that creature's AC against the attack. Bonus equals one plus your intelligence modifier. Once again, there it is. Eh. Uh, minimum of plus two. Well, one plus one. What? So even if you have a negative intelligence modifier. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking that that was only for the intelligence thing. I understand what you're saying now. Uh, in addition, you learn one new rune of your choice from the magic runes feature for a total of three. Once again, that's really cool. The intelligence part of it takes away from it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can, you know, put my stats in and, you know, sacrifice something somewhere else. But it's still just like, ah, it'd be really nice with, if it wasn't yeah, intelligence. Yeah, with the intelligence... Uh, abilities for now being kind of an important thing for these these specific fighters because i mean the eldritch knights they're based off of uh is no, it charisma it's, no, it's intelligence is it intelligence or i'm pretty sure it's okay. intelligence because like that, okay then that makes sense because like if an eldritch knight can do it then a fighter can do it but yeah at the same time it's like i'm, I'm not necessarily sure where these guys are supposed to be in the fight because if they are supposed to be support and be able to do all these things on their friends and help people with it from 30 mm -hmm. feet away, which sounds like a mid-range guy, all of a sudden you gave him the giant might thing. Yeah, I, I think for me what it is, like, Eldritch Knight, it thematically makes sense that, you know, you're using magic. You're using wizard magic. It yeah. makes sense that you're using intelligence. The fact that this is so heavily sunk into giant... It's weird for me that it's intelligence. I agree with you that I think wisdom would have made more sense, which, you know, is kind of just getting into the weeds on it because either way, it's something you got to dump another stat into. Yeah, but I mean, like, usually people would pick wisdom over intelligence yeah. because of perception. Yeah, and, I, and that's the thing. I, th I think that's the other part of it is that, like, there's more for a fighter in wisdom that mm -hmm. I could arguably, you know, with myself just be like, okay, I, I can understand putting stuff into wisdom there. Yeah. Uh, at 10th level, you get great stature. 
The magic of your runes permanently alters you. When you gain this feature, roll 3d4. You grow a number of inches in height equal to the roll. <laughs> Moreover, the extra damage you deal from giant might feature increases to 1d8. In addition, you learn one more rune from uh, of your choice from your rune magic feature for a total of four. Again, wow. it's just you're becoming a giant. Yeah. Level 15, rune magic mastery. You can invoke each rune uh, you know from your rune magic feature twice rather than once, and you regain all expended uses uh, when you finish a short or long rest. In addition, uh, you learn one new rune of your choice from the rune magic feature for a total of five. This is where I'm the the con it's confusing to me about like invoking it with another person having like the you rune. You can invoke each rune you know. Yes. So. I, I would like more clarification on it. I think for me, if I run if I ran this tonight, I would have it be where it's like you, the other person like the runes can be invoked. The the runes can be invoked only by the person inscribing them. But though if you're wearing it, you still get the benefit. Yeah. Um. But that would just be how it how I would do it tonight. But you know who knows? Maybe Jeremy Cropper would come out and say some things. Mm -hmm. Uh, blessing of the All Father at level eighteen. You learn how to share your rune magic with your allies. When you use your giant might feature, you can choose one willing creature <laughs> within 60 feet of you. The chosen creature also gains the benefits of your giant might feature. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, which is... It's cool. It's a little weird, and I'm not sure if that's what I like for a level 18. I kind of wish it was like you can choose a creature that is wearing or holding one of your ruined items to turn into a giant... Because then that would be like, oh, you know, they're like, you know, part of it. Yeah. But this is just choose a person within 60 feet of you. They become a giant. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just imagining it, you know, from like a, a movie standpoint. What? Yeah. <laughs> but again, that kind of felt like a little like two separate things put into one. All in all, I do really love this yeah. archetype. Yeah. But there are some small nitpicks I have about it. But really, it's it's a good one. Yeah, overall, no, I really like it. And I don't feel like it's too overpowered. Um, I mean, I can understand how it might be. But the mm -hmm. fact that you only get to choose two of them at third level, and mm -hmm. then it's a while until you could choose more of them, too. Yeah. I think it's a good pace out like that. Okay. Uh, so next up is the Ranger. Yeah. You got this one? Yes, I do. All right. All right. So the Ranger archetype is Swarm Keeper. So... Coming to me! <laughs> Essentially, um, the Swarm Keeper is interesting. Uh, feeling a deep connection to the world around them, some rangers reach out through their magical connection to nature and gather a host of fae spirits, which take the form of swarming beasts, be they buzzing insects, floating birds, slippery squids, or otherwise. <laughs> what? Yeah, so basically you're going to be covered in something, and it's oh. a swarm. Um, it's potentially disturbing. That's, that's a quote from this. I'm reading it. Um, some swarm keepers are outcasts keeping to themselves. Other swarm keepers enjoy building vibrant communities that work for the mutual benefit of all those they consider part of their swarm. I feel like when somebody makes this in a party, like the reaction of the other party members when they see what they can do is just going to be like the, the professor dude from the mummy movie when the, all the <laughs> locusts showed up and he's just covered in them holding the book. What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> but instead he's just going to be holding a book saying, Hey, I'm Carl. <laughs> um, so at third level now, yeah, the storm keeper is interesting. Essentially, there's like a there's a few things in media that I can kind of point at, which is like, oh, it's kind of like this. Like, mm -hmm. for example, there's uh, there's one ninja from Naruto where. Whoa. Yeah, I know Allie. where he essentially Slow can down. control <laughs> insects that can eat. I think it's the chi off of people. And it's essentially he controls swarms and they come from him. And so it's like I'm like, did they watch Naruto and just make a class off of that but anyways um <laughs> if there was a comic bubble next to me it would just say lisai <laughs> Swarmkeeper magic a third level swarm keeper feature you learn the mage hand cantrip if you don't already know it 
because that's possible with feats. Uh, when you cast it, the hand takes the form of swarming na nature spirits. You also learn an additional spell when you reach certain levels in this class. The spells are, at third level, fairy fire, fifth, mm. web, ninth, gaseous form, thirteenth, mm. giant insect, fitting, and seventeenth, insect plague. Ugh. Yeah, all those are kind of nasty, um, but very thematic. Fairy, I get the fairy fire, I guess, just because they're fake spirits. Uh, gaseous form, though, that's a good spell. Yeah, it is. Insect plate is a really good one, too. Mm -hmm. um, but that's at 17th level, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, third and 11th level Swarmkeeper feature. The, so you magically attract a swarm of fae spirits that look like tiny beasts of your choice. The swarm remains in your space, crawling on you or through your clothing or flying and skittering immediately around oh, you within your all space. All of these words are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a bonus action, you can purposely agitate the swarm for one minute. <laughs> hey, swarm. Fuck you off. <laughs> you look shitty today. <laughs> for the duration, some of your swarm clings to your weapons or follows your strikes when you attack. Oh, my God. Once during each of your turns when you hit a creature, you can deal an extra 1d6 force damage to that creature, and the swarm moves the creature up to five feet toward you or away from you. It's your choice. So the bugs, because let's just say they're bees, the uh, bugs will push the person away or pull them to you, which I just think that's terrifying. I feel like someone at Wizards of the Coast was like, hey, guys, I saw this movie last night called The Candyman. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one that's got a picture of an eye with a bee crawling on it? What if it was a ranger? <laughs> um, and the 11th level part comes in here because it says the extra damage increases to 2d6. So for one minute, you can deal an extra d6 of force damage and you can move a creature five feet towards you or away from you. And an 11th, it goes up to two. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, and you regain all expended uses when you finish a long rest. That's pretty good. I do like that. Yeah, that feels like, very fitting for a ranger. The damage... Um, this is at third level, so... Well, well, and the, the, well, because, you know, you're only going to go up to 2d6, but, you know, to be fair, that's going to be the, you know, extra damage of a flame tongue. Mm -hmm. But the added effect of being able to move them... Is really cool. Like the fact that uh, you can move the creature up to five feet towards you or away from you. So that's really neat because, like, you could do this with a bow. It mm -hmm. doesn't say you have to hit them with a melee attack. So you could shoot someone and pull them closer to you to get them in yeah. range of your fighter. Yeah, it says when you hit a creature with a weapon, attack. So, yeah, it could totally be with your bow. And this sounds just... like a dusty-ass class. <laughs> like, this is this has got dusty written all fucking over it because it sounds helpful but also makes me go, oh, why are you the way you are? <laughs> Mulk. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. Um, I, I mean, like, I'm actually kind of really digging it, um, especially considering, like, just being able to, like, dual wield. And it's like, oh, yeah, you got, like, you got fucking worms or something crazy mm -hmm. crawling all over your weapons. Oh, that's just so cool. Anyways, seventh level. Wait, worms? It says tiny <laughs> What are the beasts. worms doing? I don't know. Use your imagination. <laughs> you just slash at someone. They're like, oh, my God, is this worms? Yeah, take 2d6 nasty damage. <laughs> you nasty I'm just man. Thinking, you know, goosebumps don't go into the basement. You know, the pile of worms. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see no kid take 2d6 worm damage. Uh, <laughs> um, writhing Tide. That is the words. seventh level I hate these feature. words so much. You can condense part of your swarm into a focused mass that lifts or sweeps you along. <sighs> what? <laughs> Whenever you activate your gathered swarm feature, choose one of the following additional benefits. So gathered swarm is the one we just talked about where bonus action, you can agitate them for one minute. So, you can, your walking speed increases by 10 feet, and you can take the disengage bonus as a bonus action. You gain a climb speed equal to your walking speed. You can climb difficult surfaces, including upside down on ceilings, without uh. making an ability check. <gasps> spiders. Uh. I just realized. Worms. No. Thing of the past. Spiders are now. <laughs> oh, I hate everything about this. You gain a flying speed of 10 feet and can hover. This is just how Dusty would always move. Covered in bees. Covered in bees. Yeah, he would just like, I'm just floating around on my carpet of bees. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Right. Oh, my God. Oh, I level. hate the name of this. It's terrible. Scuttling eyes. 
So it's on 11th level. So on top of getting it boosted up to 2d6, you get this as well. As an action, you can magically form one of the spirits of your swarm into the shape of a tiny beast of your choice. The transformation lasts for one hour, at which point the spirit disappears. So... Are you telling me that I can have a dire wolf made of bees? Um... Shape of a tiny beast. Oh, tiny beast. Tiny beast. I can, can have, have a, a fennec fox of bees. Yes, yes, you can have a fox made out of bees. Okay, so I actually really like this one, and I think it's a little overpowered, but I'll get into it. Okay. For the duration, so it lasts for an hour. For the duration, the spirit has a speed of 40 feet, which can use to walk, climb, fly, or swim. The spirit has your senses and telepathically relays what it sees and hears to you. That must sound so irritating. It's just all the bees. Over here. <laughs> During your turn, you can speak through the spirit. What the fuck? Telepathically command it to move, and it can hide using your bonus to deck stealth checks. What? The spirit has an AC 18. What? <laughs> if it takes damage, you must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, DC equal to 10, or half the damage, whichever is higher, so a, a concentration yeah. check, or the spirit disappears. As an action, you can dismiss it early. If you do, you can magically teleport to an unoccupied space within five feet of where the spirit disappeared. What? Yeah, I'll get into why that one's a little crazy in a second. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. You can also use it again by expending a spell slot of third level or higher. So, this is 11th level, which is the only reason why I think it's actually totally fine. Because, so, it's essentially a familiar... Except a familiar that does nothing of what a familiar can do. Yeah. So there's no limit on how far away it can go from you. The familiar's, like, abilities and everything is only within 100 feet. Mm-hmm. And I know personally I hand wave that for a familiar because it's like, well, you know, it's like, what use? <laughs> and, like, you can't look through the eyes of a familiar if they're more than 100 feet away from you. Mm-hmm. And you can't talk to it if it's more than 100 feet away from you. But this has no range restriction at it at all so you can tell this fox to go fuck all oh for wow an yeah hour, and then before that hour is up teleport immediately to wherever it is you can have the fox a spider crawling through an entire dungeon with an ac of 18 and your stealth bonus and then get to the end room teleport in there <laughs> and it's like it's really that's neat. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's neat, but yeah, that's... It's kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, the fact that you can teleport to it is kind of crazy. Like It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, as far as the the, th- the thematic of it, yeah. it's like this is the real big magic part of it. Because, like, the, you know, they, keep, they keep saying, like, face spirits, face spirits. I'm just like, yeah, but all I'm hearing is, like, nasty swarms and shit. And I know it's supposed to be like, the face spirits take the form of it. It's like, there's not a lot of fey-iness to this. And the, the t- like, they I, could be butterflies. I know, I, I get that. But, like, the, I guess the, oh, wow, that is actually kind of cool when I think about it. That'd be cool. I just imagined, like, like an, an, an entire swarm of lunar moths. Like an Eladrin that just has moths and butterflies around it the whole time i yeah. want to make that now uh but no it's it's still that's pretty crazy mm-hmm. and so it says uh takes the shape of a tiny beast of your choice the transformation lasts for one hour so does it look like the thing like it would have the yeah. fur and everything of a cat yeah wow because it's they're essentially all spirit forms and so they're just massing together to form kind of, i'm only imagining a fuzzy picture of what you would say it would want to be weird all right well let's see what what do we got next so the 15th level is called storm of minions your swarm can expel a seething storm of spirits that drains life from others your butterflies are now deadly that escalated quickly (laughs) as an action you create a magical sphere point filled with an enraged swarm centered on a point you can see within 120 feet of you the sphere has a 10-foot radius, Fuck so that's 20-foot that diameter. That's huge, Jesus. and it lasts for a minute. The sphere is difficult terrain for creatures other than you. A creature other than you that starts this turn in the sphere's area must make a con saving throw against your spell save DC. On a fail, it takes 2d8 necrotic and is blinded. On a success, oh. it takes half as much damage and isn't blinded. At the start of your turn, if any number of smaller, larger creatures took necrotic damage from your swarm, you regain 1d8 hit points. Not temp, you just hit wow. points. 
On subsequent turns, you can use a bonus action to move the sphere up to 30 feet. So you can move the sphere. <laughs> when you activate this feature, you can choose any number of creatures you can see to be unaffected by it. There oh it is. Oh my god. They turned off friendly fire. Holy shit. Once you use this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. So it's once per long rest. Um, you could also use it again, oh, by expending a spell slot of fourth level or higher. So I was sitting here like, oh, this is fine because it would affect your, your, your allies. And then no, it doesn't. You can just say wow. no. I also like the idea of you could also do it by expending a spell slot. Yeah, but Jesus, that is. Has anything else done that? No, because it well I had that earlier. Is like you could expend a third level spell slot to do that again. I'm like, that's different. I've never seen that before. Yeah. So that's all the fun things of a ranger. By the way, this is a ranger class. <laughs> that's crazy. Like it feels so druidy, but it it is yeah. a ranger. It's because it's not actual creatures. It's not actual butterflies, spiders, bees, what have you. Bees. They're spirits mm -hmm. and so you use magic to summon them mm -hmm. and that's the part you got to kind of have to remind yourself when you're reading this class and thinking of the character concept is that they're not actual butterflies they're the spirits of them yeah but there is a third archetype that we can go through today indubitably the rogue archetype it's Ooh. called the revived are you ready to get goth Oh, hell yeah. Let's put, on, <laughs> let's put on some cure. Let's do this. I got my finger my black fingernail polish. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, the revived. You've had a soul-shaking realization. You've been dead before, yet somehow you are alive again. This life isn't your first. It might not even be your second. Your past life or lives are unclear to you, but you know that you passed through the gates of death, and the powers of death or some other influence wasn't done with you. You might have convinced a deity to let you return to the material plane. Perhaps you signed a deal with the fiend, or maybe you used an artifact that revived you. Whatever force brought you back, you know the truth about yourself, that you are one of death's representatives among the living. I like the idea. So I love the fact that you don't get this until third level. And so it's just like, you guys level up while you're in a dungeon, and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, guys, I've, I've been dead before. <laughs> you have oh, a soul-shaking re realization. Oh shit, are, are you okay? Are you, I guess his name's Jerry. Are you okay, Jerry? Like, do you need, do you be okay with this? No, we can finish this run. I think we're cool. Um, I got some new powers too. That's pretty cool. I think I kind of realized what's up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I've totally been dead before. Because like suddenly I'm remembering how to do stuff that I personally have never done. Yeah, yeah. Did you know I could bake a loaf of bread? That wow. doesn't seem important to this dungeon. Well, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I never baked before. This is, this is why people don't enjoy me as a character. <laughs> <laughs> so we're referencing what's coming up. Um, at third level, when you have this soul-shaking realization, uh, you get the feature called Tokens of Past Lives. You remember talents you had in your previous life. When you finish a long rest, you gain one skill or tool proficiency oh of God. your choice. I was fucking joking. No, no, no. I haven't read this. I thought that yeah. was a fucking joke. That's why I went with it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally what it is, actually. <laughs> Uh, you can replace this proficiency with another when you finish a long rest. Guys, I was a cobbler. That really doesn't seem like it's going to help us in the long run. <laughs> yeah, but like if we ever run out of shoes, <laughs> I could stab someone and then make shoes with you know their shoes. Well, it's already made. I guess. Oh, okay. okay well, I didn't say I was a good cobbler. I didn't say I was a good cobbler. <laughs> I, just, I was a used cobbler salesman. So... Yeah, that's. I mean, what's really neat about this is the skill proficiency. Yeah, is that you can just choose. I also love just like, hey, what do rogues need more of? Oh yeah, skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and tool proficiencies too, because the more I'm like reading into tool proficiencies, the more I'm into the idea that you can get them. Like from now on, like pretty much since I've been reading into it more recently, I've been like, oh yeah, instead of picking up the skills and or like the languages, mm -hmm. I'm choosing tool proficiencies. Mm -hmm. Because they're fun. Um, but I really like that idea. I'm personally still on the fence about the concept of the class, but I'll get into that yeah. after I read it. Another thing you get at third level is called the revived nature feature. Your newfound connection to death gives you the following benefits. Boys don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> you have advantage on saving throws against disease and being poisoned. And you have a resistance to poison damage. You don't need to eat, drink, or breathe, and you don't need to sleep. You know, guys, I I kind of realized I've never really had food. What? Yeah, I feel like you should have realized this before we were in this dungeon. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, 
Also, like, you guys do that thing where you lay down and close your eyes for eight hours? Yeah, sleeping. Oh. <laughs> I just uh, spend, like, four hours in an inactive, motionless state rather than sleeping. But you you gasp when you're surprised. I thought that's just what you did. Yeah, I remain <laughs> semi-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so when you take a long rest, it's similar to elves. Um, you do need to rest. Mm-hmm. essentially you must spend at least four hours in an inactive motionless state rather than sleeping in this state you remain semi-conscious and you can hear as normal i think that's pretty much the exact wording as the trance i feel like it's like you don't need to sleep but you do need to be bored for a while <laughs> yeah we can't give this always active person running around another third level feature good lord so all of this happens when you have that realization that yeah. you've been dead before somehow never noticed it. Yeah, the last one is called Bolts from the Grave. You have learned to unleash bolts of necrotic energy from within your revived body. What the fuck? It gets weirder. Just wait for it. Immediately after you use your cunning action, which is hide, dash, disengage. All the time? You can make a ranged spell attack against a creature within 30 feet of you, provided you haven't used your sneak attack this turn. Mm. You are proficient with this attack. And you add your dex modifier to its attack and damage rolls. A creature hit by this attack takes necrotic damage equal to your sneak attack. This uses your sneak attack for the turn. What the fuck? So, it's essentially an... It's... It's a ranged sneak attack. Yeah. Um, you could have done ranged sneak attack before, but this one's peculiar because it doesn't use up your attack action. It's essentially part of your cunning action. <laughs> and because sneak attack is like a th- no, no, you don't, you don't. Ah, it does. I don't think sneak attack is a is a thing you get to choose sometimes. Because if it's if you have advantage, no, you can choose. You can choose. You can choose if you have advantage. If the person is, if you have an ally within five feet, you can choose not to have sneak attack on that okay. hit. Okay. I mean, it's possible. So like. You could essentially hit someone with a magic weapon to do a bunch of damage, cunning action, disengage, and then cast this as a ranged attack against a different creature. Yep. Jesus. And sneak attack gets up there. I yeah. believe it starts with 1d6, but it keeps going. It builds. I think it even starts with 2d6. I don't know. No, I think it's just 1d6. 1D6. Yeah. But, but like that's as soon as you're a third level. So pretty much as soon as you get sneak attack, you're like, oh, cool. I can do this thing. That's crazy. So you don't get another neat feature until ninth level. It's called Connect with the Dead. You can create a link with a spirit through their corpse. When you do so, you cast the Speak with Dead spell without using a spell slot or material components. Intelligence is your spellcasting ability for this spell. Speaking with the dead in this way temporarily gives you a capability from past life. You're unsure whether it's from your past or the spirit's. When the spell ends, you gain one random benefit from the revived capabilities table. This benefit lasts until you finish a short or long rest. It's a D3 table. Um, the three possibilities are you learn how to speak, read, and write one language of your choice. You gain one skill or two proficiency of your choice. And you gain proficiency with one saving throw of your choice. Hmm. The third one. That can be really nice. <laughs> it's interesting that it's your choice. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it stops it from you having to roll so many things on different tables. Oh, God. That would be a crazy table because yeah. there's so many. Yeah, that would be way too much. I think they had to put your choice in there. Yeah. Um, But after you cast a spell with this feature, you can't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. I almost kind of half wish it was based off of the creature that you're using the raised dud spell mm-hmm. on. Like, if it's a human, like, the DM can choose the other language it might know. Yeah. Or if it's like... If it's a, something that knows another language, like a giant, you could learn giant as a second language. But I think it's neat. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a actually interesting utility spell because you can use the speak with dead spell. And let's say you can do it once per short or long rest. And that is at seventh level. So nope, did, ninth. I did look it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Rogue stealth uh, sneak attack goes up to 10d6 at level 19. Yes. So... That is the most scaling spell I've ever seen. I haven't seen spells scale that much that are just things you can do. And without hey, if spending you multi-class, you can just use a different spell on top of that. Yeah. 
because you can use your action to cast a spell and then use your cunning action and then do that at yeah. 30 feet. That's insane. Yeah. Rogues, man. <laughs> yeah. So at 13th level, you get audience with death. When at death's door, you can converse with the powers of death. Oi, death! (laughs) (laughs) Um, You have advantage on death saving throws, and whenever you make a death saving throw, your spirit can ask an entity of death a question that can be answered with yes or no or unknown. What? (laughs) The entity answers truthfully, using the knowledge of all those who have died. Oh my god! So if you're dying, you'd be like, okay, hang on. Wait, wait, wait. I got to get this answer. <laughs> no, no. It's just like, oh, shit. How do we get through this puzzle? Well, people have died here before. Shank me. <laughs> what? Shank me. I'll get the answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's the monkey. That's not even in this puzzle. Fuck. Shank me again. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Yep. That is insane. So the second yeah, part of forget, this. Like, this would make sense in a necromancer. Yes. Like, if there was a necromancer archetype, totally makes sense. As a rogue? I know. Um, I'm, I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, it's it's odd. Um, the second part of this is, in addition, whenever you have zero hit points and are healed or stabilized, you can change any of your personal characteristics, personality, trait, ideal, bond, or flaw. What? Because essentially the flavor out of it is you come back as someone you once were. At least a little bit of you does. I would have so much fun with that. Mm-hmm. It's like this is almost half perfect for wit. Yes. <laughs> but instead of flavoring it like it's death, it's like, oh, this is just... Actually, yeah, this might have to be what I build him as. Anywho. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the 17th level feature uh, is ethereal jaunt. Like a ghost, you have the ability to slip in and out of the ethereal plane. You can now use your cunning action to teleport to an unoccupied space within 30 feet of you. You don't need to see that space to teleport to it, but your teleportation fails, wasting your bonus action if you attempt to teleport through magical force that is medium or larger, such as a wall of force or like a wall of fire, a wall of mm-hmm. vines, etc., etc. If you appear in a space occupied by another creature or filled by an object, you are immediately shunted to the nearest unoccupied space that you occupy and take force damage equal to twice the number of feet you are shunted. Hmm. So if there is like a 10-foot crate and you teleport in the middle of it and you say, I want to teleport 30 feet this way, you get shunted out and you take, let's see, there's 10 feet, so it would be 20 damage, force damage that would be taken at it. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, uh, that's agreeable. Yeah. You're at 17th level. That's no big deal. Yeah. But that is really neat. Kind of uh, crazy when you think about what your cunning action can be used for earlier. And at 17th level, you're rolling like 8 or 9d6 of damage with that sneak attack. So your cunning action to teleport 30 feet of you. Yeah. Anywhere. And then you can immediately 30 feet within you use your sneak attack to deal damage at a range attack. Yeah. That's insane. Like... I'm kind of all over the board on this this one for me, where it's just like, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of cool, there's a lot of that's insane. Yeah. So, and then there's also like a, eh. I feel like as if they shoehorned it into the rogue. Like, it didn't need to be rogue. Oh, no, I, I'm talking about all three of them now. I know, like yeah. all three of them in general, yeah. No, it, 100%. But like, especially that last one, it's like, I don't, I don't see why it had to be the rogue with that one. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it's they've got some ups and downs. Like the the fighter, it feels like two separate archetypes put into one. Mm-hmm. They felt like kind of like two separate things. And then the ranger. I, I feel like the rune magic was what got made first, and they're like, oh, we got to do other stuff with this too. Yeah, Let's make him a giant. They looked at like, oh, at this level they get utility spells. At this level they yeah. get power spells. It's like, yeah, uh, like they, it, the, it felt like two separate things. Of the ones that we've liked previously, it's either been like oh, wow, this is a really cool take on this class. Yeah. Or it's been like, oh, this is a logical progression of this class. Yeah. These three are just like, I... You, I have no you, idea where they came from. Yeah, my thing is, I'm like, <laughs> you could have given me, like, you could have said, okay, make three new archetypes for this, and I would have never come up with anything that looked like these yeah these are weird and crazy and i guess that's what's kind of cool about them is that they are different but they're really weird yeah i mean like and that part of the cool things too good i know it's 
it's good, but it's also weird at the same, like fl- flavor wise, like yeah. theme wise, it's odd. Yeah. Um, and like as a player, I would probably muck around with it so much that it would not be what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what I was saying to you with like your character wit. Yeah. It's like I would end up shifting it in such a way. It's like no, it's not death. It's more like it's this, and it's yeah. like oh, okay. It's still interesting. Like overall, I I'm gonna put it down that I like them. Yeah. I actually do really like the ranger, the Swarmkeeper, even yeah. though it's kind of weird and gross a little bit sometimes if you think about it too hard. But if you put things in a perspective of, like, pretty butterflies and stuff, it's like, oh. And, and like, <laughs> I, do, I do like the fighter. It's a little weird, mm-hmm. but, like, I like the idea of the runes. I like the idea of, like, being able to, like, help out my party and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's... That's no, interesting. I would love to play with that fighter in Storm King's Thunder. Yeah. Because that would be such a cool opportunity for the DM to throw just lore at this person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you know what this rune means. Because there are so many runes in Storm King's Thunder mm-hmm. where characters just don't know what they are. Yeah. I, I I love the idea of the, of the rogue, but I feel like it's one of those characters that I would annoy my DM with the amount of backstory. Because I just write a backstory for every past life. And you can just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't know how many times you've died. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 an interesting uh, trio we got here in this one. And I think it's not the strongest UA that they've released these past two months. But I think it's better than a couple other ones. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is bu- still by far better than the Paladin and the, the Bard. Yeah, those are I, the, I agree. Those are the two ones I'm most disappointed with. But these are cool. And I can't wait to see what people do with them. Mm-hmm. I do think that we should at some point do another bonus episode where we just talk about overall the ones that have, that have come out and be like okay what what do we think as a grouping yeah that would be an interesting one and you know what uh you know you guys could send in your own opinions and questions for us about these archetypes you can send them in difficultyclass at gmail.com and maybe we'll talk about them on that episode because i think that'd be a fun one to do because this has been like a this has been like a D event like we didn't expect <laughs> this to happen but it's like all of a sudden we got these new archetypes yeah and we're just messing with them yeah i'm, I'm still holding to through the theory that they're coming out with a book with all these archetypes. Yeah. But I don't think it will be next year. I think this is going to be a long game. Yeah. Like I uh, definitely go do the surveys. I can't say that enough. Yes. Uh, that is how we, that's how we're going to help them out as it's most we can. Especially if you like them. Yeah. Cause I guarantee this wizards not listening to this podcast. <laughs> they're not going like, Oh, so that's what they think. No matter about how it. much yeah. I would love for that. Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> I would love for Chris Perkins or Jeremy Crawford to be listening to this, but you know, they're probably not. So go do those surveys so that they can get some feedback on it. Yeah. And that way we can uh, get these to where we as a community of D and D players think they should be. Yeah. Um, but you got any other thoughts on them? That's it for me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, they are weird and intermittent whenever we feel like they won't <laughs> fit in because we thought this would be a half hour and we're nearing an hour of a podcast. Yep. So <laughs> enjoy this extra long bonus episode. Um, and we'll be back with our normally scheduled one on Friday where we'll be talking with Puffin Forest. So if you'd like to have any questions or anything uh, asked to him, uh, send those in difficultyclass at gmail.com and maybe they'll get asked on the show. Uh, but until next time, um, oh god, I don't know what you get killed by. Don't get killed by a swarm oh. of bees. Oh god, yeah, don't get killed by swarms. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>